You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast Deer Season Special. These bonus episodes revolve around deer hunting stories and experiences from a host of deer hunters. These whitetail hunting BS sessions will be launched every week during the 2023 hunting season, adding fuel to your fire in the deer woods. Be entertained and hopefully learn something along the way. The title sponsor of the Deer Season Special Series is Vantage Point Archery, home to the toughest machined one-piece broadheads made in the USA. VPA products are built to last, which is why they have a lifetime warranty, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can send it back, which I highly doubt will occur. New to the lineup this year is VPA's Omega Broadhead. It combines the features of a single bevel with strength of a double bevel. This broadhead also comes with lay flat sharpening technology. You heard right, a single bevel broadhead you can lay flat and sharpen without a jig. You can find the Omega and all the other broadheads at vparchery.com. The Pennsylvania Woodsman is also brought to you by Radix Hunting, home of the MCOR cell camera, stick and pick camera accessories, and much more. Also brought to you by Vitalize Seed, a one-two planting system designed with diversity and biology in mind, making it the best food plot available. And lastly, by Huntworth Gear, quality hunting clothing at an affordable cost, makers of heat boost technology. This week's guest is Lane Hausner from In the Presence Hunt YouTube channel. Lane and I have a conversation about taking your job, your career, your time off, and dedicating it to revolving around the fall hunting season. Lane goes all over the place across the, the east and even out west. And if you follow along with the channel, you saw that he put down a great pronghorn and he's put down a bunch of great bucks throughout the country this year. And he's just a hardworking, hard hunting individual. We talk a little bit about getting our uh, our significant other introduced into the hunt and he talks about the first buck that she harvested last year we talk a little bit about managing that work balance and as far as family and hunting goes <clears throat> and we also talk about anything from deer drives to just hunting hard and grinding it out through the rut all around great conversation with lane we appreciate him coming on the show congrats to him and all the success that he's had this year be sure to check out In the Presence YouTube channel. It's a great show. They do a great job. A lot of uh, in-your-face hunting action there. So check them out. Enjoy this episode, guys. Hey, joining me tonight on the Pennsylvania Woodsman Podcast, I have Lane Hausner. Lane, how you doing? No, not too bad, buddy. How you been? Uh, I'm living the dream. I am gearing up here big time for whitetail season. Um, Lane, you, uh, you're part of the In the Presence YouTube channel. Uh, introduce yeah. yourself a little bit. Uh, tell us about you and, and the YouTube channel. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I hate this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'm Lane Hausner, uh, born and raised in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You know, pretty much started start hunting. No one in my family hunted at all, so kind of got into it from my buddy. And, you know, pretty much been full bore <laughs> into it, man. I just fell in love. Um, got the channel, I think, 2000. I think I first picked up the camera. It was, like, middle school. We had, like, a little crappy point-and-shoot camera. You know what I mean? We were filming squirrel, squirrel hunts, really anything we could, you know. And uh, then out of high school, I took some film and photography classes in high school. Out of high school, my mom bought me a DSLR camera, and I filmed, like, my first, like, doe kill on it. 
And after that, I think it was like 2017, something like that. I remember talking to Alex and I was like, we can do this, man. Like, let's just get cameras and try it. So we started it and I think like 2019 hit and we, I mean, we were producing videos, you know, we were killing stuff. We were producing videos, but it wasn't anything like crazy good. And then uh, I did an internship with the Untamed. And after that is when it pretty much just like kind of took off for us. And now, now I think we're like at like 22 K something like that, you know? So it's, it's going good right now. And I, what I love about it is you're all relative to the Northeast. Most of you guys are Pennsylvania guys. You do a lot of Pennsylvania hunting and, in, in the surrounding Northeast and it's all relatable. I mean, I was just telling you before, before we got started here, I came across the in the presence channel when, uh, I was watching some flintlock hunting videos and I, your stuff <laughs> popped up from Maryland. And we were just talking about that, like how much fun, group hunting can be and you said you know you get some flack and stuff for it but anybody like don't knock until you try it it's so much fun oh yeah it's a blast man i mean people you know how people are on the internet man they'll eat you alive for just anything they disagree with and that's that's kind of just one of the things but you got to think about it. like indians have been doing drives forever you know and it's not like we're doing anything you know not legal or you know unethical really in my eyes so like and it's just a fun time so I, you know it's it's just a blast. <laughs> I think it's a form of elite, to, like an elite mindset. Like, oh, I'm a solo hunter, big buck killer, and you're doing it with a group of people. And like, it's not an easy form of hunting. Like, it, you know, I think people just think that you you kill everything. And like, I mean, well, let me put it this way: when you're really, really, really good, you can have a very high kill rate. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there's not many people that have military precision in their, in their drive. It's a learning curve. And like, I know a lot of places I go, we're, we're kind of winging it and it's a learning experience, but we're hunting together. And I think that camaraderie part's what I enjoy so much. Yeah, hundred percent. And the, what people don't see is, you know, all the times it hasn't worked out, you know, there's some days we'll go down to Maryland for like a whole weekend, you know, hard, we might kill one or two. You know, maybe not even any. I mean, it really just depends. You know, sometimes some days it just works out to a T, and you got the right number of guys. You know, the wind's in your favor. And yeah, I mean, you kill them, and then other days it just doesn't work out. You know, they skirt you, they turn back on you. There's a lot of a lot of unknown factors in it. You know, but people think it's like just so easy. It's not. You know, you got to set up according to the wind, and kind of like key in on the deer's exit or, or escape routes. You know what I mean? So like, it's not. It's not just. Yeah, I mean, it, it. you know, when we first started, it was pretty much a lot of winging it, but now we kind of have historical drives where we can kind of go back on and kind of, all right, you know, last drive, they kind of skirted up high a little bit. Let's set a couple more guys up top, you know what I mean, or just kind of flank that edge a little bit more. So, I mean, it gets it gets really strategic, you know, and, like, honest to God, I hardly even stand hunted at all in December or January just because all I was doing was driving, man. Like, it, it's so fun for me just to, like, stand hunt and be by myself and try to kill big one you know like september through you know november and then once like thanksgiving hits it's kind of like the flip and then it's just straight drives for us so yeah i can relate like some of the drives that we've been doing uh on on our group hunt and rifle season that i've talked about here on the show before last year was year three for the the first drive and last year was the first time that we did that drive that i felt we did it the right way And, and uh, when I say I felt we did it the right way, I felt I had the right number of guys in the right locations. I took the drive in at the correct location. I had, um, I, I, it was, it, it's a huge area because it's big woods. So I had to have 
multiple people that had a general clue of the area and where I wanted them and, and converse with them. And it was yeah. a, a strategic point of saying, how many guys do we need from point A to point B? And I want um, X, Y, and Z guys sitting in a tree stand here, and I want you to bend this around. And then uh, the drive was another part, too, because it was a chop-off. So mm-hmm. we lined up, and... Uh, we had a, a substantial number of drivers, and when you get into that chop-off, it is really hard to stay in line just because oh, of yeah. everybody's course of action and stuff like that. Yeah. And I needed to orient – I learned this. I needed to orient myself in a way that as as a quote-unquote captain of it, I could communicate with specific people in that line to keep us in line. And by the end of the drive, I yeah. was like – Man, that was like the best that we've ever done. I think it was right. But the the kicker of it all is, as we started the drive, I'm I'm watching the wind and I'm I'm dropping milkweed and I'm I'm checking. I had a lighter with me and I'm just checking the smoke and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the wind is wrong. <laughs> I was no, like, so we did all that, we did we did all that. It it started off great and we ended up we we did kill a buck on that drive. It was awesome. But yeah. like we're doing this, I'm like. I bet you we probably had a good chance of busting deer out of here before this drive started for the yep. sheer fact that the wind was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that happens, man. That happens. You know, you can't, you can't predict it. I mean, I guess, you know, you can't really do anything about it per se. So you just kind of got to roll with it, you know? Yeah, I mean, especially in the big woods, like you, tr- you try to set it up and then, uh, it throws oh, you yeah. a curveball. One of the things I was really impressed by too, like you guys do some drives in the late season, but you do it with the bows, and that's tough. And that's not something oh, yeah, I've done. Do I've done a lot from like talk a little bit about that. Like how like do you guys adjust when you're doing the bows, or, or how much do you have to adjust when you do drives with the bows? Yeah, I mean it's pretty much the same. Besides, we're hunting kind of like little pinches. You know what I mean? So like we're stuff kind of bottles down. A lot of times we're hunting bow only pieces, so that's why you see it do it with the bows. Uh, yeah, man, I don't really want to give away. You know, like, there's only so many areas that you can do this stuff. Sure, like, yeah, don't do be, that. I got to be, like, kind of choosy with what I'm saying, you know what I mean? But, like, pretty much we're focusing on spots that kind of bottleneck down. Usually our drives are anywhere from, like, 20 to 10 guys. Sometimes we get, like, six guys, you know what I mean? So it makes it it makes it makes tough. But, yeah, usually we just split it in half, you know, so say we got 20 dudes. We'll have 10 dudes sitting. Say it's pretty even while, we'll you know, 10 dudes walking and, usually we start way back on a little on a little point say and then kind of bring out the mainland and then it kind of pinches in and that's kind of where we set all the dudes we might have like a couple flankers up on like a little roads and stuff like that in the drive but for the most part you know they're all in one line pretty much where it bottles down yeah and that that would make sense too i just always think too like you know, the wind is always important, but like for, for archery drives, like any time I've ever done it, I've really wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm hardly chasing the deer. I'm hopefully just wind bumping them, just get them to skirt yeah. out that you can get them to stop and, and get a bow shot. You guys have done that a bunch of, there's, there's a lot of cool videos of some, some, some bow kills on drives and stuff. And it's one of those things, like I said, we were talking about that earlier. Like it's not the, the, the most highly sought after hunts of video stuff but i can relate to it so much and i enjoy watching like every time you guys put new content out like that whether it's like the flintlock hunts or the bow hunts and stuff like i enjoy those much as any of your guys solo hunts yeah yeah that's cool man that's awesome yeah i love i love just like i mean i i edit all the videos so like for me to go back and watch them dude it's so much fun you know and like man we got so many drive hunts that we haven't even put out yet that are like you know, we haven't killed any deer on or just something, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, it's crazy, man. I just love it. It's kind of fun, like, thinking back on it, too, because, like, right now, my mindset's all just, like, 
all right, early season stuff, early season stuff. So I'm not really thinking too much about drive stuff, but now that you're talking about it, it's kind of just got my wheels like spinning me kind of remembering some stuff, you know? I, I can't lie. Drive hunting is definitely more fun for me when I already have my buck shot. Like if oh, I, if I, if I shot man. my buck and then I go with a group of guys, then it's yeah. fun because I'm usually the one like as when you're leading it, you like for me, I'm rarely ever seeing game that I'm shooting. Like I'm too busy like worrying about where people are and getting people in at the right spots, and I'm never at the spot where I think I, I could, but I'm never at that place where I think I'm going to. And yeah. I'm, I'm more focused on everybody else, and and that's fun for me. But there was one year I did it, and I didn't have a buck killed, and it was a little bit antsy for me. It was a little 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 more unneeded stress that I put on myself just because I think every year I have to kill a buck. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, so speaking of filming, yeah. do you know hunting anymore without filming? Because when you do it for so long, some people say it just becomes like part of their routine. Me, I could never get into that. I did it a little bit and I'm contemplating, you know, getting it back out just for fun, but I, I don't think I'll ever get to that point. But like, do you ever get to the point where I'm just, you're just like the heck with this camera? Yeah, I did all the time, man. You know what I mean? All the time this year before it was really like fun and like i was really enjoying it and then this year i mean i spent the whole month of september in idaho chasing elk right and like i was with a dude that i wasn't really good friends with and it ended up being a terrible terrible trip because of that dude but uh like towards the end like i ain't gonna lie to you dude i hardly hunted in december at all because like i just was so burnt out i just didn't even want to pick up the camera it wasn't even making it fun and then we we did some drives, and I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, I, I didn't even film them just because I was like, I kind of got to get back into just hunting mode, you know what I mean? And like, this is just taking too much pressure. Like, I'm I'm kind of choosing the camera over like hunting, and I'm like, dude, this ain't this isn't not why I started this, you know what I mean? So I kind of did reset a little bit. Like, it is, trust me, man, it definitely it definitely like eats on you, you know what I mean? And then I went out, I went out, uh, kind of on like a little Southwest trip for turkey this year and like dude i was like all right i'm gonna film what i what i want to and if it, if i don't film it and don't get it man i don't get it it is what it is you know what i mean it's not like i have a film crew out here and like everything's scripted dude it's all it's all freaking winging it you know what i mean like it's all just whatever happens happens out there you know like at least for film wise you know so it yeah it definitely it, yeah <laughs> you got to be really about it and you're really passionate about it and you know, absolutely love it, love it to take the camera with you twenty four seven. But like, you know, dude, crazy got burned out, man. He probably not even film this year just because he, he sold his camera. He was like, dude, I'm kind of done with it. You know, and like, it, yeah, like it, dude. I get it, man. You know, no hard feelings. Like me, and crazy still like I just talked to him today. You know, no hard feelings whatsoever. Like, I get it, man. Like hunting comes first, and then this filming thing comes second. But yeah, you just you if you if you want to do it, want to do the filming thing, you got to you know hundred percent be passionate, hundred percent love it want to do it you know have goals and stick to it is my opinion when, when you get a taste of reality of what it's like like i mean you know so many people like come from the mindset that oh i'm, I'm going to film and i'm going to have a youtube channel i'm going to do this i'm going to do that and you, you start doing it and see what's entailed to, to make it a, a quality thing yeah. um it's not for the faint of heart you gotta have a passion for it. you gotta love doing it. you gotta love the art you gotta love that process and not just yeah. the final product if you don't love the pro the, the process yeah you know, it's the same thing like um a lot of people 
yeah, I, I can relate to this because I, I really enjoy private land hunting and private land and habitat manipulation. And, you know, you start to learn stuff and everybody thinks, oh, I'm, I'm going to do consulting. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a consultant by, by trade in, in agriculture, but yeah. um, it's a different world with, with that. And it's, it's a whole different ballgame. There's a whole different world that you don't know until you dive into that. And I think at the end of the day, it's like, Keep it in perspective. Keep it fun. But I, I, you know, all that to say, I hope you guys keep as many cameras going as possible because I do enjoy watching the content. Because you had some really good hunts the past few years uh, on your own, uh, yeah. Ohio, Kansas, some PA bucks. I mean, let, let let's dive into that a little bit because uh, those were all solo hunts. I mean, you were you were driving back and forth, uh, kind of all over the place, kind of a midnight rider kind of thing from one hunt to the next. Oh, I'm still like that, buddy. That, that hasn't changed one bit. Yeah, I mean, what, like, I don't know, man. Do you, you sleep know, at all like, in hunting season? What? Uh, a little bit, man, a little bit. I mean, it's a lot, like, thing about me is, dude, I'm not afraid to drive. Pretty much within, like, if it's within three hours, it, it ain't out of question. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, heck, I just drove out to Michigan last week for, like, 48 hours, 72 hours. You know what I mean? So, like, it. Dude, I'll, I'll drive anywhere, man. It don't bother me one bit. Good deal. So let, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about some of them hunts. So you uh, re- recap last year a little bit for me because some of the years are going through. You killed a buck in Kansas, right? Yeah, last year I did. Yeah, last year I drew Kansas. And so pretty much started dating, uh, my, well, I guess my fiance right now. And uh, she, like, is really getting – I mean, she's a real outdoorsman, her outdoors woman, I should say. But – uh. Like, my goal this year was, like, all right, I want to get her a deer, man. Like, that's my number one goal. And I never really had someone that I, like, kind of mentored before. So, it was a kind of a learning curve for me. So, like, I spent the whole month in Idaho for September, like I said, elk hunting, where I normally would have been whitetail hunting. Got back for opening day of PA. She met me up in my cabin. And, like, dude, we went out. You know, it was pouring that day. Remember that day? Mm-hmm. It was miserable. And I'll never forget, There's dude, there was like six does that came in, and they were like 30-some yards eating on these white oaks. And freaking, I'm like, all right, Kaylee, right there. And I'm like, I'm like, she's like, how far? And I'm ranging them, like, like 30, 35-ish, you know? She's like, kind of aiming. She, she had to turn around in the saddle, so it was kind of challenging for her, you know? And then I mean, it was a couple minutes, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, wind, wind shifted. Out of there they went. I was like, all right, you know, this is going to be a little bit tougher than what I thought. Spent like the next weekend uh, – helping her too and then i think it was the third weekend in october we floated into a piece and she shot her first doe which was awesome man it like couldn't have happened any better like four of them came in it was like three little ones and this big one and i mean they just like read the script it was awesome she was sitting on the left side of me you know they're coming into the on the right side of me they kind of filter through and at first i thought they were going to turn and come on the opposite side of the tree so all right, Kayla, we got to turn. We got to turn. So, you know, she turns in the saddle, does it 100% correct, you know, like just no no scaring of the deer or anything. And then they kind of filter back right along the edge of this piece. And it's like 25 yards. And, she, you know, she unturns again, gets set. And I see her like, pop a crossbow up. I'm like, did you range it? She, you know, she puts it down real quick, ranges it, can see exact yardage, puts it up. And I'm like, all right, whenever you're ready. Dude, she smoked her, you know, and it was awesome, man. Like, there was, I mean, that felt like I shot, like, a 180-inch buck, man. I mean, it was probably, like, a 150-pound doe, you know. Like, I just, I was on cloud nine, dude. Like, that that made my season right there. I didn't have to kill any more deer. That was fine, you know. But, uh, 
So we floated that out. Have you ever floated a deer out? There's nothing. Like I have it. Like, not. I have not done a lot. Like you guys do a lot of kayaking and floating in yeah. and hunts, and that's something I've not done. I've I've not gone the water access route because a lot of the places I don't hunt with with that type of so like most of the stuff is mountains yeah. or you know private yeah, yeah, land. Yeah. yeah, I got you, God, dude. If you ever get to experience it, if you get to experience floating out of deer, man, it's just you feel like you you know 1900 like an Indian, you know, or something. You know, it's it's awesome feeling. And then after that, I shot my PA buck, I believe, October 29th or 30th, something like that. As soon as I shot him, I drove out to Ohio, hunted Ohio for a couple days. Then Tim was meeting me up in Kansas, so we went out, drove out to Kansas. I think that was like November 3rd. Got to Kansas. It was pouring rain, man. I think I got into Kansas like 2.30, slept in my car. You know, woke up the next morning and just pretty much drove around, scouted access, scouted pieces, and then went to the Airbnb. Next morning, woke up. First morning out, this buck comes in. I mean, dude, it was wicked. Like, it was just like, oh, man, the Midwest in November, everyone has to experience, in my opinion. Like, there is not a lot of things to top this. You know, this buck came in. He wasn't the biggest buck by any means, but, you know, I want to shoot a buck. So, I freaking turned around, smoked him, then I think i filmed tim out there for like the next three or four days something like that and then i drove back to ohio hunted ohio until the 12th i believe and well uh, like kaylee my girlfriend my fiance was watching my dog and she was kind of getting a little you know annoyed watching my dog with me just running around so she you know she was like come home pretty much so came home and uh it was that you know that sunday that you could hunt in pa yeah. for archery i think it was like november 13th or something like that this year we went out and she shot her first buck. The same same exact piece, man. It was awesome, dude. Frontal shot. And I meant this one. She didn't even have to, like, like I, there was no instruction whatsoever. Like, this buck came in. And we got it all on video. You can go watch the video on our YouTube channel right now. But this buck comes in. And I'm like, all right. Through the, through the viewfinder of the camera, I'm like, all right, he's legal, okay. And I just saw her click the safety off on that dude. It was game on. She knew it, you know. She was freaking, pop, dude. Shot him perfectly. And she's using a crossbow, like, you know, so that's why I'm doing the little trigger thing. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, she freaking did. It was awesome. Floated him out. Well, actually, floated him out. And uh, then I believe that following weekend, I was like, Kaylee, I have to go back out and kill a Ohio buck. So she was like, all right, you know, you can do it. So went back out. I think I think I had like a four-day window to try to get it done. I killed him on the first day, first evening. And that was awesome, man. Like, I found the swamp I'd never really been into. And pretty much just, it was snowy out and I mean, there was just fresh tracks going into this piece. So took it in and about like 75 yards from the road, man. I mean, it freaking opened up into this mule path. I mean, it was crazy. There were scrapes, rubs, the whole nine, you know, and it's like just super thick and it's kind of like swamped down the bottom and there's kind of ridges, like these high wall things. And on top of these ridges, there's these, uh, pretty much logging roads, you know? So I went out to this, to this kind of little triangle thing. And it split, and I followed the one to the left. I was like, I, I like this is stupid. I, the, it kind of just dried up the sign, so I was like, all right. I went back, followed it right down on the swamp, and I mean, it was just highways down there. And I just, my gut was telling me just to sit it. You know, I don't want to get too far, you know, scare out a lot of deer. So I was like, I'm just gonna sit it. I don't think I'm gonna see any deer tonight, but I'm gonna be back in here in the morning, probably, you know, sit all day and kill a buck. So sitting there that evening, and all of a sudden that buck came through, and I freaking shot him. I meant, dude, he probably went like 50 yards, saw him drop everything, and I got to pack him out, which was pretty cool too. And yeah, then the rest of the season, I almost killed a Maryland buck. I think it was like 
early December. And then after that, I got super, super burned out, you know, the filming thing. So kind of took a little break from it and just kind of reset and did some drives. And I think I killed my last one. It was a doe, like the last day of Maryland season. Yeah, that was I, – I really enjoyed watching your season too because you were you were, you were just like go, go, go constantly. <laughs> and I could tell like Ohio was under your skin because like you had been out – I think you said two or three times and it was oh, just yeah, like dude. you were grinding. It seemed like out of all the places you went, Ohio was the one that – I don't want to say was giving you fits but was, was kind of like the, the hard one to crack a little bit as far as getting it done it seemed. Oh, yeah, dude. Ohio, for some reason, like, Ohio, I always, not struggle with, like, I always kill a buck in Ohio, but it always takes me a little bit. Like, it's never, like, day one or day three I kill one, you know what I mean? It's like, I think last year, I think I spent 16 consecutive days out in Ohio in, in like, end of October through November, and then the year before, when I killed that big one, I think I was out there for, like, eight days or something like that and killed one, you know what I mean? So, like, it, Ohio takes me a little bit for some reason, but. So yeah, this this past year in Ohio, so you were out there multiple times, and it was toward the tail end. So you hunted different phases of mm-hmm. the archery hunting season, and was did did it just take you that long to get dialed in, or did you just go to some new spots? Like what 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 did you see throughout the course of that time as far as deer movement and, the, and changes that you just think made it better? Yeah, it's like I don't you know, like you kind of see it all. You know what I mean? Like you see kind of like. I didn't really hunt Ohio early, early on. I kind of, I kind of started like around the last. It was like the twentieth, I think, was when I put my first trip out there, and that's kind of when scrapes started hitting up. You know what I mean? And like they really started opening up. So you know, you see the scrape thing, and you know, bucks coming, just kind of cruising. Then you kind of see the lockdown phase. You know, I mean, you just see it all, man. It's kind of wicked. I mean, when I shot my buck, I think it was like november 16th or 17th and i meant dude he was he was cruising you know what i mean like they were still i might not have been full-blown rut but it was definitely still rut you know like yeah is that uh like i'm trying to th- like i think about the the times that i've hunted throughout the course of the year like i always do in pennsylvania i always do better in october it's just yeah the, the properties that i hunt my my experience the way i hunt that's just where i'm most comfortable when i get into november and i get somewhere around between the 5th and the 10th there's there's a time frame in there where if i don't shoot one by then i'm i'm starting to get nervous just because it's it's a different it's just a different hunt and so many people love that because oh that's when deer's supposed to be cruising and moving but it's it's also hard to get on a deer if you're trying to following follow anything but ohio you kind of just go out and hunt you're not really historical deer trail cameras type thing hunting out there are you i meant a little bit you know we have we I think we ran uh when did i start hunting ohio me and alex actually like started hunting ohio together i believe it was like 2020 is when we kind of you know first kind of went out there and we started scouting i mean we we put cameras out you know but for a lot of times dude i'm not relying on trail cams like data to kill deer you know what i mean i mean yeah and pa and stuff i kind of am but Ohio and random states I'm hunting, dude, it's all just <laughs> gut feeling, you know what I mean? And just like map scouting too. A lot of the times, like, you know how we were talking about drives earlier? Mm-hmm. Dude, how I got really good at map scouting is doing all these drives, man. Cause you're 24 seven looking at your phone, mapping out drives, you know what I mean? Or you're walking in a piece and you're like, all right, I got to get right along this, you know, right where the water pretty much comes up and, you know, pinches down. All right, I got to be right here, you know? So you're looking on your phone, you know, a lot, you know? So that's, that's where I think like, I don't know. Just I kind of that was kind of a random thought, but 
I think I kind of like got a lot of experience map scout and, you know, have a little advantage for that just because of doing drives and yeah. stuff. So I can look at a map. I feel like I don't want to sound like cocky, but I can look at a map and be like, all right, I kind of narrow down a spot where exactly I think I'm going to go. And a lot of times I get pretty damn close, you know, like it, I might not kill exactly at that pin but it'll be within like 75 yards of that pin. Well, and that's a thought that I haven't heard many people talk about. And let's dive into that a little bit more. So you talk about map scouting for drives. I yeah. do that all the time. And you yeah. know, you know, when you're with a group of guys, I mean, you're looking at your phone and you're, you're adjusting the, the imagery to the yeah. topo only. And, you know, depending on which app you use, I use uh, Spartan forge and on X and you can, you know, you can kind of change the, you know, the amp amplification of that topography and you can, yeah. you know, be looking back and forth and stuff. So, you're looking at all that stuff to try to figure out where you think deer are going to be. You know how are you going to you know move a point or this chop off or where does the chop off bend and so on and yeah. so forth. And you're doing that with yeah. all the, your buddies. So when, when you're looking at that, I'm sure when you do those same drives over and over again over the years, you get an idea of where they bed. So you're looking at that and you're thinking, okay, this this is a location right in here at this general area is where I think this is how I need to access it. And that would make sense to how that translates when you're hunting solo. Yep. A hundred percent, man. hundred percent. Like anything you find, you just freaking, you know, just kind of, if it works out one time, a lot of times you can just multiply it and have success at it again. You know, so that's a lot of times where I'm doing, whether it's a lot of times I'm targeting like little pinches, you know, logging road benches, I mean, obviously points, you know what I mean? And it, it really just depends elevation-wise. Sometimes, you know, go up high. Sometimes it'll be down low. I mean, it really just depends more in the evening, what I'm thinking, you know. And it, a lot of it's gut feeling, too, you know. I mean. Yeah, part of hunting. But, you like, all those hunts that you just talked about, so Pennsylvania, Maryland, Ohio, Kansas – Every single one of those hunts that you guys that you you know have on the show and you talked about, it's a little bit of a different habitat, terrain, topography type. So yep. what what consists? Even though it's very different in all those states and locations, what are some of the consistencies you see when when you're talking about hunting? Is it are you gravitating towards points or, or specific topography? Like what what where where are the parallels within all those hunts last year for you? Yeah, yeah. Um. It's kind of like it's, it's, it's weird, man. I don't I, like I can't really put a finger on it. It's just like kind of having common sense about where the deer are going to be. You know what I mean? Or what like what they're going to use. I mean, you know, uh, like for instance, Kansas, totally flat. I mean, there's there's some little topography, a lot of creek bottoms. You know what I mean? And there'll be like little patches of woods, right? Well, dude, where do you think I'm targeting, man? Those little patches of woods. You know what I mean? Where the yeah, deer it's are the only be. cover you got, right? Yeah. So like you know, that's pretty much like it's kind of different. I mean, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's like nothing really I can say like, all right, it's that, that exact thing. But like, dude, a lot of topography differences. Like I love that. Like I hate just, I hate just where it's just like a side of a mountain, man. It just looks straight. You know what I mean? You might get like one or two benches. All right. Those benches are probably hot. You know what I mean? But like it, just say that's like a saddle too. Dude, I'm not, I'm not targeting the saddle, man. You know what I mean? Different hunters are going to be in the saddle a lot. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know, like, I just like a lot of things with topography, you know, where I killed my PA buck, there was a creek running through, it kind of, it kind of came off a mountain, you know, and it kind of, it kind of just screamed, deer that's going to be through here, it's going to pass right along here, so, you know. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you hunt a lot of creek bottoms with then, you know, throughout the year? What'd you say? I, I said, uh, do you hunt a lot of creek bottoms throughout the year? Yeah, I tend to i mean it really just it really just depends man like i said like 
you know. <laughs> yeah, you like the hunt sign for sure, and that's an important thing. So, like, I've noticed too when I when I watch you, you are not afraid to go in and get a lay of the land, check everything out in short order, and kind of gain as much information as possible to formulate your decision. Like, you don't seem to be one that wants to tiptoe around a, a new spot to figure it out. Like, you, you seem like you try to figure it out as quickly as possible and then hunt it. Yep, 100%. I mean, I'm not walking around aimlessly, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, a lot of times I'm using my eyes, obviously, and just looking from afar, you know? you know. You know, my camera, too. I can zoom in super, super far with that thing. Like, yeah, I'm not, I mean, I'm not afraid to just go into a piece blind with a pin mat, with a pin dropped, and just go there, and if I don't like it, all right, I'm going to the next one. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not afraid to do that one bit. But I'm, I'm not hunting. Like, I'm not just going into a spot, seeing no deer sign, and just being like, well, screw it, man. I'm here, and I'm sitting. Dude, I that's not me, you know? Do you have any hunts this year where you, you might have been a couple days in the hunt? Like, I'm thinking more like you're out of state, like Ohio and Kansas and stuff, like, where you didn't climb in a tree for a few days until you found something you liked? No, I'm... <laughs> I'm always hunting, dude. <laughs> you know, no, what I meant mean? like, like, uh, like you, you, like you were, you were hunting, but you were on the foot. Like you did, it took you a couple of days till you found something to put yourself in the tree. Like, do you do a lot of ground pounding until you find something you like, or just throw a sit at it? You didn't see what you like, move on to the next spot. Nah, kind of, kind of throw a sit at it. I mean, as long as there's sign there, and I'm, just, you know, as, as long as there's a reason for deer to be there, and there's sign that equals all right, there's deer here, and that's what it's telling me. I'm not afraid to throw shit at it, mm. you know, like I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent not. And then if it don't happen, move on to the next spot, man. You know, like a lot of times I'm bouncing around, I'm hitting one, I'm hitting the spot one time hitting that spot one time. Say I see a, a good deer there. Say I see a good buck there. All right. I'll shift a little bit. You know what I mean? And I'll be back. But a lot of times it's not the same exact tree. Right. And, and you're like this past season, you had, uh, you had the opportunity to, uh, to throw volume at it, just keep grinding and keep grinding, throw volume. So I'm kind of curious now. So you've got a fiance and she likes to hunt, but, uh, you're, you're, you're probably going to learn. I would take a wild guess that if she's anything like the majority of them, she's going to want to do some other stuff other than hunting. And maybe your time's going to get a little changed. So I'm kind of curious if, if this season is going to look a little different lane, you're making me sweat a little bit, bud, but, uh, that's why I did it. I couldn't help it. It's definitely going to be changing a little bit. I can guarantee you that. But, like, dude, she's a big fisherman. So, like, every single day for trout, she was out. So, like, I've just been, you know, she's upstairs right now. So, hopefully she can't hear me. But every <laughs> single day, I've pretty much been like, all right, listen, this is what you do. This is what I do. You know what I mean? Like, it is what it is, baby girl. Like, I, I don't know. You know, she's she likes deer hunting, but it's definitely not her number one thing. So, like, <laughs> it'll definitely be changing for me, but I'm still going to be hunting. You know, I, I ain't got no kids or nothing yet. So, like, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be hunting, buddy. Absolutely. And I, I, I kind of just was teasing you a little bit just because I couldn't resist it. But, you know, uh, not throwing her under the bus. Let's just say life happens in general and things happen no, that are, are going to cost you uh, cost you a little bit more time away from the field. So let's have that mindset of if if Lane only has a, a designated amount of time that he can devote to hunting, I've got a curious um, just from a just from a pure level of enjoyment, like what what stays in your your hunting seasons and what would you sacrifice in your hunting seasons um, from the beginning of the season? Like if you had that vacation time or certain amount of mm-hmm. you know honeydew time, I guess. Yeah, so like I'm pretty. So I should start this off saying I'm pretty blessed. Like my my work. Dude, he does not care how often I take off work. So, like, for me, 
I mean, I, you know, I, I'm pretty cheap. So, like, I can grind, grind, grind in the summer. Like, I'm talking 60, 70, 80-hour work weeks in the summer or winter. You know what I mean? It'd be, it'd be totally fine. And then when September through November rolls around, he knows I won't be there. You know what I mean? So, I'll be hunting a lot. But, uh, and that, and I, like, hopefully that never changes. But if it has this, say I have two weeks paid vacation, that's all I got, right? I would really, really spend my time scouting in PA, hit PA hard. I'd probably go down to Maryland too because Maryland's pretty much, uh, I don't know, an hour, an hour and a half from me. I'd probably spend a lot of time in Maryland, you know, during those two weeks and I would scout really hard in the off season. I would probably spend, if I was hunting two weeks solid, four or five weeks scouting down in Maryland and PA trying to find, like, trying to key in on my exact spot that I'm going to kill this buck at. That's what I would do. Gotcha. And along those lines, if, um, if you had two weeks of, of time that you could take off, would you yep. right now slight that to any specific time frames or would you kind of piece it out and, and you know space things out accordingly? Yeah, I'd probably do. I'd probably do. I mean, this is hard, man. This is hard. This put me on the spot. But if I was going to break it up and do like one week and one week, I would probably do October 22nd to the 20 what was that seven days so that would be what the 29th mm-hmm. and then i would do probably november 4th to what is that seven was that 13th i'm yeah. not good at math man 13th i think so something yeah. like that yeah yeah that's, seven that's, probably talking, yeah. that's probably how i'd break it up like that for you know the kind of that later not the super super later part of november but definitely like that second week i have a lot of success in and then same with scrapes man like i just i love scrape hunting dude like it's in pa i'm probably the most confident in killing a buck anywhere from like the 15th to the 30th i had october. to look at the calendar because i had to check that too the fourth to the 11th would be a full week of, in november and then you fourth said like, to 11th fourth oh to God, fourth to sucks. 11th is, is a that's a whole week that's seven days that's including a sunday and then the 21st yeah. to the 28th is a full week in october that's what that would 21st. be. 21st. Yeah, I mean, that sounds pretty good. I mean, maybe maybe one or two days, maybe like the 5th or the 6th in November, maybe. It really just depends. <laughs> what what uh, what specifically about those weeks do you uh, do you like? Is it you, you you brought up scrape hunting. You you said you have a lot of confidence scrape hunting? Yeah. Like early, I mean not early, but like, you know, end of October is where I see that the most scrapes kind of start heating up, at least in my neck of the woods, so I re- I've, I've killed a lot of bucks kind of that that window in PA and then also that you know not not right away in November but you know I've killed a big one November 4th I killed a couple you know the 11th uh 10th stuff like that you know like kind of that window is where I, I see like a lot of rut movement you know a lot of times you put in your money you know you sit all day for that and you know invest your money in that it is gonna pay off I I mostly hunt Pennsylvania. I've done yeah. a little bit of hunting outside of that too. I always struggle to branch out because I, I get so almost married to like one location that I want to hunt or one, yeah. uh, one specific place. Like, like even in Pennsylvania, certain properties, like I want to hunt, I want to hunt up at camp in archer season, but yet most of my time has been spent in the off season on another property. And I have a hard time leaving that. So, yeah. like, where do you fall between Maryland and Pennsylvania with your 
with your priorities, I guess, so to speak, in hunting? Yeah, so, and then a lot of times, September, and then Maryland opens up, like, September 11th or September, some, somewhere around, like, the first week of September, Maryland opens up. So, pretty much, I'm hitting Maryland hard September to, you know, when PA opens up that first weekend in October there. And then, you know, <laughs> mainly PA because it's so local, you know what I mean? I can get off of work and be in the woods by, you know, 2.30 pretty much. You know, or not even work and just, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? It's a lot less driving. And then once I usually, once I kill my PA buck, then I really focus in Maryland again. Yeah, right. So you're, you're kind of yeah. like me in a sense, though. P, PA buck holds a, that, that's, that's oh, pretty dude, high on the priority. PA, PA buck is top priority in my mind, man. If I can kill a PA mountain buck every single year, dude, that's, that's what I want. That's what I'm striving for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, uh, I really, I've, I used to be very, adamant that i wanted to kill it with the bow it had to be with the bow and i'm not i like that quite as much i just want to kill i, I just want to kill the right buck and it doesn't matter to me what weapon it is i will say now i'm i, I am a little bit on a kick i want to try to kill one with my flintlock i haven't done that yet oh yeah but uh that's that's a that's just a goal of mine yeah that's awesome man i just dude for me i'm just like strictly bow hunting man if i could bow hunt everything i would Turkey's turkey's different, but like, as far as deer wise or elk wise, if I can kill them with my bow, um, I'm shooting, I'm shooting them with my bow rather than a rifle. But that, you know, everyone's different, man. It's all what floats your boat, man. Absolutely, it's all what floats your boat. All, all what keeps it fun, as long as it's legal, yep. as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters. Yep, hundred percent. So I want to, I want to go back. I, I, it sounds like I'm probably bringing up sore memories, but we talked about it earlier in this. I, I'm kind of curious about Idaho. You went elk hunting for how long? Um, whew, a little minute, man. I mean, I think I left the 4th, the 3rd of the 4th of September, and I parked my, I parked my car in Cincinnati, like Jake picked me up, and then we basically just straight shot out to Idaho, you know, climbed up in the hills. It was crazy. Like, that, that was like an experience and a half, because you, you pretty much, I mean, I, I pretty much experienced all of, you know, September in the, in the Elkwoods. Like, you know, you got it first. I'll never forget. I, I climbed up. I climbed up this mountain, I and mean, it was freaking ninety some degrees. Man, sweat was beating off of me, you know. And I'm like, dude, this is miserable. And there's wildfires, man. I can hardly breathe. This felt like I smoked like a parmal or a, you know marble like pack every single day of my life. Like I mean, it was terrible at first with the smoke. But like, you saw the elk, you know. It was, it was pretty wild. They were all kind of like little bachelor groups. You know, all the bulls were kind of together, and then they'd be hitting up like little. uh Oh, uh, what do you call it? Little, uh, like wallows and stuff. Yeah. They'd be hitting wallows, man. They were hitting wallows so hard that first week. And then every, every four to five days we'd run back out for food and kind of like reset. You know what I mean? So every, like I said, every four to five days we'd run back out for food, spend a night in town and then hit it again. And like, then the second time we came in, man, they were, you know, they were with their cows and they're freaking kind of herded up a little bit. And then we went back again. And I'm at, dude, it's full blown rut, man. I'm at, they're screaming. They're like, we're on bulls every single day, you know? I mean, it's, it was insane. And like it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was an experience, man. I think, I think Jake killed a bull one of the last days we were there. I think it was like, September 27th or 28th and we he killed it 10 and a half miles from the truck oh gosh so oh yeah man it was it was brutal and it was like that was a 2,000 foot decline going in so it was super easy going in man then going out it was a, it was a 2,000 foot 
incline. Oh man, that was brutal. Like it, it, it was, it was brutal. So like one of the ways on one of the trips where we got food, we ran into an outfitter and all he was doing was bringing people in and dropping them at this camp. Right. So we were talking to him for a little bit on the trail and he was like, if you guys shoot a bull, we told him where we were camping. He was like, if you guys shoot a bull back in there, he's like, don't, don't like pack it out. Don't kill yourselves. Just go down to this, to this drop camp. Like wait till they get back, grab their satellite phone, ring me. He's like, for 500 bucks, I'll pack this bull out for you. So, you know, we're like, all right, sounds good, bud. Yeah. We, we freaking Jake shot his bull. We went, got it the next morning and, you know, quartered, deboned it. You know, took it down off the mountain to this camp. And I mean, it probably took us four hours to go. I don't know how many miles back to this camp, but we got it back to the camp, dropped it there. They slept at the camp and my tent was only like a half mile. So I freaking went back to camp, slept there. They're like, all right, we're going to phone the, we're going to phone the outfitter, take care of it. Just come back here in the morning. We'll ride out, you know, pack up all our stuff. It help everything. Just get it out of here. We're like, all right, sounds good, man. I was on cloud nine, you know, this is going to be breeze. Freaking wake up the next morning, man, like super bright and early, run down to their tent. You know, they're, well, they're awake and they had the worst look on their face. I was like, what's up? And they're like, he ain't doing it. He backed out on us. So we're like, oh my God. So Jake's like, all right, go like, you know, gather up all your stuff, take it out. So I had one, I had one quarter on me, like a little bag of meat, uh, all my, all my, you know, hunting stuff, my tent, sleep bag, food, everything, dude. For, or I guess a little bit of food, you know, clothes. I ran back out to the truck. I think I started at 8.30 in the morning. I don't think I got back to the truck until 5. Got back, you know, got back, started the generator. We had a we had a freezer, got the freezer super cold. I was like, all right, they're going to be back any minute. Dude, it wasn't until like 8.30, 9 o'clock until these two dudes showed back up. And I, we, the other dude was like the camera dude. We had filming us and then Jake. And we get back there. You know, he, they get back. They put their quarters in. I'm at their dead, dude. And Jake's like, all right, tomorrow morning. I'm asleep. You two can wake up right and early and run down and grab the last two quarters. And I found this deadhead. And of course, I'm packing this deadhead out, right? Because I'm from Pennsylvania. I don't find a lot of elk. So <laughs> I'm packing this deadhead out, man. I don't care. So I freaking, we run back down in there. Dude, the cameraman has a bum knee, man. I would have been down in there before daylight. Like, you know, 2,000 foot decline and eight miles. It's not that bad. Not that bad at all. You know, I was, oh, dude, it was miserable. So I got down in there. It was probably 730 eight o'clock maybe you know he's right behind me eat a little breakfast and i'm at dude hell starts you know what i mean we, we gather up the remains pack that thing out oh dude i don't think i got back to the truck till probably six thirty seven o'clock it was brutal and then we drove a little bit stopped for a night and then drove straight back to pa the, those kind of stories. I mean, let's face it. The fun, the fun is over after after the pull, the triggers gets pulled. I mean, I think about that like with bear hunting in Pennsylvania. Like a lot of time, the fun's over after that. But I mean, it's all part of the story. Some of those are the crazy. One of the funniest uh, stories that I have for uh, getting game out. I shot a buck in 2019 at my cabin in rifle season. It was opening day, and it was an area. It was one of those where I wasn't lost, but I wasn't a hundred sent sure where I was at, what the best route was to, to get this deer. And I was back in, uh, from the road I went in on, I would say as a crow flies, it might've been a mile. Um, but yeah. there's a lot of topography to get to where I was. And yeah. I shot a buck and he ended up being like 160, 170 pounds field dressed. And I shot him at like, 
nine, ten o'clock in the morning the first day. And I started dragging him. I might have went a hundred yards. I'm like, this is stupid. I'm gonna go get help. Like I'm it's just at yeah. the top of the hollow and I'll I'll yeah. go get some help. And we go and I get one my one buddy and we actually got screwed up going into my deer and it ended up we I went down the wrong hollow. So I went down oh. the mountain and I'm getting in there and I'm like, this does not look right. And this is before I was using any kind of onyx or spartan forging I, I i didn't have anything i was just kind of laying the land in maps and i ended up having to climb back up out of that hollow down into the correct hollow when we got there we had the brilliant idea that we said well dragging downhill is easier let's just drag it down the mountain to where the other road is well we knew where the road was but the problem was the road was also washed out at a certain spot and you couldn't drive that far. Well, where where we got to, we had to get it. We got to the bottom of this creek, and then it was a sheer, like, probably hundred yard straight face up to get to the road. And we we would literally like two steps. We would pull the deer up, and then like if we got like three feet, we were we were cheering. And we it was like that constantly until we got this deer to the road. Then I yeah. had to take a four wheeler through back roads and railroad beds to get to the deer to get it to the truck to get yeah. back to camp. So till it was said, and I shot that deer at like nine ten o'clock in the morning. I didn't get it back to camp until like nine thirty ten o'clock that night. And everything about that I did wrong, but it was one of the funniest stories to tell. Like getting yeah. that thing out <laughs> oh yeah dude that's like yeah dude it, it, honestly the recoveries kind of make the story you know what i mean or there's a lot of like just even trial tribulations that go into it you know what i mean that people don't even see like one time one time down in maryland i found this happened a couple years ago i found this uh buck bed and i was like all right sick you know perfect wind set up perfect for it the next day i was like all right, i'm gonna slide in here I, I was like all right i'm not gonna come down the trail because it's just too obvious you know i'm gonna, I'm gonna back door walk right along the water's edge and come up and i mean it's probably i don't know three four hundred yards just straight up you know and i you know you bedded up there you know right around the military press i was like all right i'll creep up there be set right so i freaking here i am in the morning probably 2 a.m dude i get i get down right next to the water's edge and i meant i didn't really like even scout my access at all i just went in purely blind and thought i could do it i meant dude the water right next to it is like straight up and down so and then i'm, I'm kind of trying to do it real stealthy i don't even have a headlamp on i something happens where i trip and I mean, I'm, I'm like right next to the water and I'd never forget I, one second. I just went boop, like right over. I went just head first. Like I was like, oh crap, this ain't good. Everything in hand. You know what I mean? Freaking just like, and I was like, oh man. And it was weird. Like the water was way down below the actual bank. Right. So I'm like, I'm about to hit my head and do pretty much a dive. And I'm like, oh no. And I hit my shoulder. Cause I do like a pretty much a full rotation under this water, man. And I'm like, I, I was like, oh, this is not good. And I, I had my camera in my hand. I raise as I'm like sinking with everything. I raise my camera up, and I'm like, "Oh, dude, if I go down, I'm gonna lose this camera." So I just freaking just stand up, freak, get up, and I'm at the water's up to my like nipple line, you know. And I'm like, "This is brutal, man." I, I freaking go to the bank, you know, take off my backpack, toss it up on the bank, and I mean, it's so sheer, like just cliff, pretty much. Like it, it very much rolls straight back into the water. I'm like, oh. you know, throw it up, make sure, it's, make sure it's 100 percent good. Crawl up on the bank. I'm soaking wet. You know, it's probably three, four o'clock in the morning at this point. And I'm like, you know what? I'm 500 yards from this thing. I was probably, it was probably at least two mile walk in how I was going to do it. You know, oh, dude, I was like, I was so upset. I was like, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm not letting this ruin my hunt. Get up in my tree. Uh, like attach my camera base or attach my camera arm to the tree. 
go to put my camera on or go to put my camera on the actual arm of the tree dude i freaking forgot the base plate of it so pretty much the entire time i couldn't even like use my camera one bit you know what i mean like it's just oh man so many trial and tribulations that people even like hear about or see i didn't even see a deer that thing either you know i mean it's just like just rubbing salt into the wound you know <laughs> it's like just some some of the stories man are like there's another time down in maryland like me and alex went down i shot a buck i don't know how far we were from the from the truck but it was pretty decently far and we're like what are we gonna do so we got this brilliant idea to use a stick and we just freaking like pretty much the shish kebab the thing you know what i mean and i just freaking just rode it out like that on our backs like hey Dude, some of the stuff you got to do for these deer is wild. And just, it's so funny hearing these stories afterwards. You know, like while you're doing it, it sucks. You know, it's miserable, but you're just like, oh man. And then, you know, after you think about it, you know, a day or two after and you let soak in, you're like, dang, dude, that was a core memory and a half right there. I'll never forget that thing, you know? That's how a lot of the, the, the bear carry outs that we have are in bear season. They've had so yeah. many of those of, you know, yeah. falling and icy and side hills and things. Oh, I believe you know, it. Oh, yeah, it's it's fun stuff. But man, what exciting stuff do you got coming up for uh, for this fall? Oh, uh, we're going on an antelope hunt here, August twenty sixth, I believe, out to South Dakota, and then that's like an outfitted hunt, so it's kind of sucks. If I, I'd like pretty much booked this hunt like three years ago with some buddies, and if I would have like, you know, been how I am now, I probably wouldn't even done it. I probably would have done like a DIY thing, but. It should be fun. It'll kind of be my first, like, outfitted hunt that I'm actually going on. Uh, so I'm going to do that end of August, and then I'm going to fly. The plan is hopefully I can shoot a, a goat out there, you know, real quick and fly back home. Or not fly, but, you know, drive back home real fast and shoot on down to Delaware. And I'm on a pretty decent buck down in Delaware, so I kind of want to shoot him in velvet. And then after that, Maryland opens, probably hit Maryland, PA, you know, I'm at Really, after that, I ain't really got a whole lot of plans, to be honest with you. I'm kind of keeping it open this year. I'm going to go down south and hunt with uh, Parker McDonald down there. At, uh, was that Southern Ground Hunting? Yeah. I kind of want to try Alabama. I think that'd be fun. I mean, Oklahoma seems fun, too. Indiana's kind of on my list. I kind of want to hit. I didn't draw Kansas, so I ain't going back to Kansas. But I'll definitely hit another state. Like, I'm not just not, you know, hitting a random state. You know, I'm not just going to hunt PA and Maryland. I'm not just going to do that. I'm going to hunt other states, so. Yeah, Parker's a good dude. Had him on the show. We were talking about filming his hunts, and man, he was the guy that really opened my eyes up to to filming and the work that it takes to put it in the quality needed for some of that. And yeah, it's a it's a lot of oh, work. Yeah. What do you think is? You talked about Kansas and a bunch of these other states. Are there any states that you are like on your bucket list or any things that you really want to do as far as whitetail hunting? Uh, Iowa. <laughs> I got like I got like yeah, I got like two two or three points in Iowa, so I will kill an Iowa buck. Um Dude, I just wanna I don't know, man, I just wanna hunt, man. Like I you know, it's not really about inches for me. I just wanna hunt and kill what I think's a good deer and have, you know, good memories about it, to be honest with you. So like I'm down to go anywhere, man. I mean I'm not crossing anything off my list. I mean I obviously Iowa's really up there. <laughs> but uh besides that, man, I just kinda wanna experience it all, you know, like Wherever the wind blows, dude, that's probably where I'm going to be. So. Whatever the wind blows and whatever you have fun, man, I like that because it's it's easy to get caught up in, in the, the game of inches and everything else when it comes to deer hunting. And that's not what deer hunting is about. It's about having fun with your buddies and enjoying it. Yeah. Man, this, this has been a lot of fun. I uh, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, BSing, man, I, I really appreciated you uh, 
kind of breaking down some of your experiences and, and breaking down your thought process and some of this stuff. And uh, I'm wishing the best for you this hunting season. Real quick, uh, just make sure, you know, into presence, YouTube, what else, is there anything else that people can follow along throughout the hunting season? Yeah, so if you type in uh, in the presence hunt on YouTube, should pop right up for you all our hunts pretty much everything i talked about on there is on there uh yeah man you know instagram we're on instagram in the presence hunt or you can follow my own personal page lane hausner yeah pretty much that's it man good deal well best of luck to you and uh hopefully we can catch you again with some more success stories yeah sounds good bud thanks for having me on man i appreciate it